Tetra was the first site that we introduced the infinite adjust system on the front end. With previous sites, we had what we call a hopscotch or plug and play type of scope housing, where you had to bolt the scope housing to the frame to find the correct location. The Tetra changed that with the infinite adjust system. So now, when you sight in your 20 yard mark, you can really fine tune by sliding the whole scope housing up and down in this channel system. That's probably one of the biggest features to the Tetra. Another key feature of the Tetra is Ninja Star yardage wheel. Getting a better hold on the yardage wheel, especially when you're hunting and you have heavier gloves on. The Tetra does have 100 yard capabilities with the yardage tape and that's to the yard. A couple other key features of the Tetra is you get both third and second axis for even more precision. But one of the key features as far as looks goes is we've updated the front end or the housing of the Tetra. So now you have a brighter, larger uh, scope ring which helps with peep alignment as well as a built-in scope level which is just more secure. The Tetra is available in a fixed frame bracket with, with three different mounting locations as well as a dovetail or tournament edition uh, so you can adjust the distance that the scope housing is away from your bow and the Tetra is also available in three different scope housing sizes. You get an inch and five eighths, an inch and three quarter, as well as a new four pin multiple pin head. All the heads are interchangeable. All the Tetras are compatible with any of our accessories. For more information, you can visit our website at www.hhasports.com. Hello, we're at the 2020 ATA show at uh, Veteran Innovative Products, uh, an all-American made and manufactured broadhead. So we've got a new one for 2020 called the Combat Veteran 4-Blade. As you can see, 4-Blades got a lot of the same high-quality materials we used with our original 2-Blade Veteran, but the Combat Veteran has a different deployment system. How it deploys is you just squeeze a little bit on your main blades, okay, those compress, and then the broadhead opens still has our momentum management compressible blade technology so the cutting diameter is inch and a quarter by two inches on this when deployed uh, in flight it's one inch by inch and a quarter another feature we added this year with these heads uh, is that you can exchange the bone breaching field point tip with a 125 grain setup if you would like so swap the tip out get you 125 grains instead of 100 which is big with those Western hunters. And then it's really simple to lock back in place, roll those blades up, and then it's a click, and another click on the other side. It's completely set in, will not prematurely deploy, will not rattle free, solid containment, 100% deployment every time. So we've made a lot of good adjustments and refinements to it to make sure that it's guaranteed to deploy every single time. So that's what's new for VIP this year. We would like to just take a second to help you make the final decision on your new Kydex holster. We the People offers all American-made holsters designed for everyday carry. Whether it's inside the waistband or outside, these holsters are made with quality and don't break your bank like other high-end holster companies. And plus, they offer free shipping on all orders in the USA. So go have a look, and while you're at it, check out what else they have to offer. Merch link in bio. All right, folks, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Bucks of America podcast. I'm your host, Jeff, and I'm here at the S3 Day shoot in Hortonville today. Well, my next guest here is kind of special because we have a collegiate 
Archer from Texas A&M, and Haley, and her name's Haley, and so she's going to actually give us like a in, in, uh, nice uh, breakdown of everything, like how she got from into archery, how her high school career went through and stuff like that, and we're going to talk about some uh, uh, topics that women face that men don't in the archery world, but also dealing with bow shops too, because we just had her sister on, Emma, and so we're going to have that opportunity to actually deep dive into that more. Uh, more. So Emma, why don't you start us off like in the beginning? Um, so yeah, like like you mentioned, my name is Haley. Um, I actually just turned 21, um, and I'm going into my senior year in the fall um, at okay. Texas A&M University. Um, I really fell into archery by a complete accident. Um, it was my sophomore year of high school back in 2015. Um, it seems like really, like, it is both a long and very short time ago um, uh-huh. when you think about it. Um, but I, we had um, advisory periods at the end of our school day um, called IE periods, and okay. we had, um, it, they were enrichment periods. There was different clubs, different activities, um, and I got thrown into archery, like, on a whim. I didn't pick it, but I just got put in it, um, and then by day two of shooting, um, the head coach of the archery team was in charge of that advisory period, and she's like, so, you're going to shoot for us now, right? <laughs> um, and 24 hours later, I had my paperwork back in her hand to be able to shoot that next year. Okay. Um, so... That was my sophomore and junior year. I really focus on the NASP program um, with a little Genesis bow. What's NASP? NASP is going to be the National Archeries in the Schools program. Okay. Um, so that's going to be, I believe it's, I forget if it's second or third grade, is the starting all the way through 12th grade. All right. Um, so we, my first year, we had about 50 members on the team. And then by the mm-hmm. time I graduated as a senior, we had about 130 kids on the team. That's the amazing. Um, and we had about 100 kids per grade. So to be able to pull 130, 140 kids from the district, um, from grades you know two through 12 is actually quite a big imp- achievement yeah it is um but so then my junior year i started really um contemplating like what archery was going to look like for me after the fact yeah and i started researching collegiate programs and back in you know 2017 um you know late 2016 there was very little information about it um, okay. collegiate archery was actually like divided into two different um governing bodies at that point so all right there was some click conflicting things it wasn't all centralized okay um, this, back in 2019 they finally did merge so it's become a lot easier easier for archers to get information about that mm-hmm. um so then in 2017 i walked into a bow shop deciding that i was gonna shoot um you know the bow hunter category in college um bought a bow went from there shot yeah. my first s3da tournament um my senior year of high school and then just really kept going from there Wow, so you were really at the infancy stage of the whole collegiate aspect of it. See, I thought maybe collegiate has been around a little bit longer because, well, archery's been around for centuries. So collegiate has been around for a very long time. Um, okay. Texas A&M just actually won their 22nd national title two weeks ago. Wow. Um, I was not able to be there just because of how school shook out this year for me. Um, yeah. But we were very proud of them. It's their 22nd and then I think 12th consecutive national title. Wow. So if you go anywhere for archery, you want to go to Texas A&M. It is one of the best schools to be at. Um, but so, like I said, there was kind of two divisions and finding things on the internet wasn't as easy. Um, yeah. It was a lot more of um, spoken word where you would find out where these great programs are. And, okay. You know, kids that have been shooting archery, um, you know, especially out towards where the Olympic programs are uh-huh. since they were little kids. Um, that's where the program was kind of blooming from okay. originally. And now we're, you know, really being able to deep dive into kids from all over the country, which has really broadened, like, the talent pool that we're able to see in collegiate archery now. 
Yeah, that's fantastic. Then, so how so how many uh, collegiate uh, schools have the same level of uh, competition as Texas A and M have? Um, so all collegiate school um, archery teams do compete at the same level. Okay. Um, I'd say there's probably a good three to four that are right at that top tier level. Okay. That are kind of going neck and neck every year. Who are those? Two? Who are the other uh, schools? Do you um, by know by chance? So we've got, um, I believe it's Liberty. Uh, university and then Union. Okay. Um, both schools out in the Kentucky area. All right. Um, so those those um, small private schools are really popping up. Um, they they offer a lot of scholarships to kids um, that do participate in the S3DA program. So that's been a really good stepping stones for some kids to get in the door. Yeah, that's what um, I had Owen Kuhn uh, and he was telling me that he got some scholarships for it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so I didn't actually go to college on scholarship. Um, my dad's military, so I was an in-state resident down in Texas for all intents and purposes. So I was yeah. had the fantastic opportunity of getting in-state tuition down there, which That's made awesome. it feasible for me to yeah. go down there. Um, and then they had my degree program, and the archery was... I wanted archery and the degree, and I was able to get both there, so it was fantastic. That's awesome. Then uh, this is your this upcoming twenty twenty two is your uh, senior year. Yep. Um, so twenty one twenty two will be my senior year. Um, I'll be using my third year of collegiate eligibility. You do get five years. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't use my eligibility this last year because I was on internship, and then the okay. school was being wishy washy on if we were going to be allowed to travel initially. Uh, um, so I yep. decided to hold on to it for grad school. So that's smart. That's smart to be able to hold on to that then. And now, uh, so are you still shooting hunter class that in? On the collegiate level? Um, so I am still shooting hunter class, um, but I actually am, I've decided to make the switch to bare bow most likely. Um, We're going with trad? Huh, I'm sorry? Bare bow, so is that traditional then? Um, not necessarily, like not wooden traditional, so not like the bare bones basic, but um, like think Olympic recurve without oh, okay. all the long stabilizers and mm-hmm. the fancy clicker sights. Ah. Um, so completely instinct, but with the you know nicer the n- next step up in bows. Wow, that is, a, that is a heck of a challenge to be able to get to that. So then now, have you started practicing for this level of competition so actually if we go back to my his- history with nasp with those genesis yeah. bows that's yeah. what are often referred to as like glorified bear bows okay um so i learned how to instinct shoot right from the moment i picked up a bow and it's actually been really difficult for me to learn how to not instinct shoot and to trust really? my equipment okay so um i'm really hoping that going back to instinct shooting fully will actually do me very well score wise that's awesome so then when you're looking at bows then who makes a good solid bow that you'd be worth investing in. Um, so there's some really like fantastic entry level bows um, that are around that four or five hundred dollar mark for you know elementary, middle school, high schoolers really getting into the sport. Okay. Um, the Galaxy series. Mm-hmm. Um, but then if you're, I'm. I don't want to say that I'm past that point, but as being someone older, I want to invest in my equipment a little bit more. Completely understand that. Um, Get that. So I'm probably going to look at getting a, a Hoyt recurve bow. Um, okay. They're, target recurves are fantastic okay um and then there's a there's a couple other um companies that also make really good parts because you can kind of pick and choose with um barebow okay you can have a riser from one company and your limbs from another okay Um, so you have a lot of flexibility with building the perfect bow for you really so then uh so what are you looking at in limbs then um, so I, my biggest thing is I have a very short draw, 25 inches, mm-hmm. and I'm also left-handed. Mm-hmm. So that really limits what I can actually feasibly buy. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be a combination of what can I get in my draw length and then what can I also get poundage-wise. Ah. Um, I am able to pull a pretty, I pull about 46 pounds on my um, bow hunting bow right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously you don't get that let off with the recurve, but no. I'll, have, so I'll have to find some like middle ground with all those things. So then, so is, how do you be able to test all this out do you have to buy 
buy them and then test it? Or do you get to, or is there a shop that you can actually go and explore? So the best thing um, to test is to go to like Vegas Shoe or um, other NFAA Indoor Nationals. They always have booths there. Okay. Um, as a left-handed shooter, uh, the odds of me being able to walk into any bow store around here and shoot a left-handed recurve are about 5%, yeah. probably less than that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I do, um, I'll be in contact with my coach, my head coaches, to see what is going to be like their recommendations with things um, mm-hmm. and then also just do some like research on my own of what yeah. other people recommend and I'll probably have to just blank buy or not blank buy um, I'll have to just um, blind buy okay. my bow I didn't know if there's anybody out there that has your your uh, um, unique um, situation there because like it would be great to have that feedback to, like what they did to, to get them to build it because it's like it sounds like this may be like a almost now would you are you looking at like a two thousand dollar price tag or a um so the bare bows are actually a much better price tag typically than your compound bows yeah um, that's, what compound, that's what i've seen a new compound i'd be looking at about 1900 2000 i'm yes. hoping my bare bow i'll be able to get around 12 13 well, that's pretty reasonable um, i have a little bit flexibility in my budget okay. but so it's it's a lot more reasonable price point and then when if you do shoot bare bow you have zero um, accessories on it. So yeah. the only thing you're going to be spending money on is um, weights that'll go in the riser itself mm-hmm, to kind of mm-hmm. balance it out. Okay. Um, but so, you know, you're not dropping three or $400 on limbs, you're, or not yeah. limbs, on weights. You're not yeah. dropping three or $400 on a site. Yeah. You know, all the upkeep and tools for that. It's just a lot less. So That is, that is going to be quite inst- Now, how many people do you typically compete at your, at this uh, in this class? Um, so at Texas A&M, the barebow team really just started up about two years ago. Oh, okay. We weren't required to have it as um, so for collegiate um, nationals, you weren't originally required to have a barebow team to win national titles. Okay. Um, but they kind of shifted it to make it a little bit more fair across the board for all the schools. Oh, that's um, smart. It, it does make sense. Gives everybody a whole lot of opportunity. Yeah. Um, but so. With the barebow, um, we just really picked that up. So there's only a handful of kids in our club that shoot that. Mm-hmm. Um, but over on the West Coast, through the Kentuckys um, and around there, there's a whole lot of kids who shoot barebow. Really? Uh-huh. So now when it comes down to travel, then is that on your dime or does a school pitch in to help with the travel expenses? Um, so we do a lot of fundraising through the club. Um, okay. We... Some tournaments we are required to like fully fund ourselves. Um, so like when we go to Vegas, that's going to be on us because it's not actually a school tournament per okay. se. Um, we are lucky enough to have such a big team that we host indoor nationals, like um, the regional site for indoor nationals. So okay. that doesn't really incur any travel costs. That's nice be, to be able to have that type of um, pull to bring everybody into you. Mm-hmm. And then um, typically for 3D nationals, you're just required to cover your registration fee and mm-hmm. they do help supplement with travel and hotels okay um, and then for outdoor nationals the top three kids in every category get their way they get their trip paid for and then otherwise you just have to pay two hundred dollars for your registration and trip that's that's so pretty it's, fair it's highly subsidized yeah that is nice to have that kind of nice little balance there now is this a 501c3 program type thing or um we do all of our um stuff through our like our fundraising and our um we bring our money in through the uh, Tamu Sports Club program. Okay. Um, so it's all run through there. Um, there's a saying that like the Aggie Network is always going to be there to help support you. Um, mm-hmm. So our our old Ags are very um, generous in helping keeping us afloat. Um, and then 
when we host things like Texas Shootout, that also does help bring in some money for our program. Okay. But um, all the money goes back to help um, support scholarships for students who are attending, to mm -hmm. um, help subsidize our travel costs, yeah. um, to help with facility and maintenance upkeep. So um, we really do reap the benefits of all of that. That's awesome. So how many shoots do you do over the course of, do you do it just to have a season for it, or do you do it all 12 months? Um, so for collegiate, we typically shoot um, September through May. Okay. Um, so September is going to start our like indoor shoots. All right. Um, and then in October is always 3D Collegiate Nationals, mm -hmm. typically down in Foley, Alabama. Okay. And then um, we'll usually host another small tournament in like December to kind of prepare for indoor uh -huh. season. Mm -hmm. And then in January, we typically host indoor nationals. All right. Um, and then we kind of go from there. The uh, USA Archery actually just implemented that finals for Collegiate Nationals are going to be um, at like the NFAA national shoot. So that they'll get to shoot their shoot downs alongside the pros, which is super neat that they're like Collegiate ar Archers are able to get that exposure. That is nice. So then... Uh well then, what are how do you so if you were talking to a high schooler looking to move into the next next stage, where would you send them to find information? Um, so USA Archery's website is a fantastic um, first resource, mm -hmm. and then I would also recommend um, reaching out to some coaches. Um, if you can find that information, most colleges, archery teams will have a website where they can get contact information for um, yeah. people. Um, I know that a lot of on Instagram, um, being all tech savvy nowadays, um, mm -hmm. kids are able to reach out to um, archers that are on those teams already. Oh, um, fantastic. And especially like with the S3DA program, you'll see a lot of collegiate coaches come into those nationals and, mm -hmm. um, you know, meet with kids, give kids scholarships, um, you know, talk to kids about their programs. That's fantastic. Well, then thank you, Haley, for that then. And then... After you're done with collegiate, then what are you going to continue doing competitive archery? Are you going to go to the pro level, or are you just going to just start doing just local shoots? Um, so I'm, I won't go pro by any means. Um, it's something that I like love in my heart. Mm -hmm. Um, but I I won't have necessarily the time to go pro yeah. with it. Um, I'm actually hoping to work in like the archery industry after I graduate. I'm an event management major. Okay. Um, so like my goal in life would be able to help run one of those big giant shoots every year, be a logistics and uh, operations, you know, manager for one of those. So That's I'm hoping to stay involved with it on that side and then also stay up with like local shoots. And then obviously my sister will have four years of college. So mm -hmm. hopefully, you know, follow her college career. Yeah, there you go. What I recommend doing is I think a really good asset is that we should come to one of the HJUSA shoots and meet Chris Ham. I think he would be a valuable asset to at least give you some direction and who we can talk to because he's been in the business since 84. So mm -hmm. he knows he knows a few people. But I think that would be a fantastic thing. And like there's shoots all throughout the year. So if you're going to be in Wisconsin for a period of time, figure out a weekend that you can make it to one of these shoots. Um, and there's one even going on tomorrow. So it's like he's going to be there. And if, if you happen to go there, Haley, I will gladly send you a message to let him know. It's like, hey. Meet this, meet this woman here. You'd think you'd be quite impressed with her. I really appreciate that. Yeah, you're very welcome. That's the nice thing about the industry. Yes. The art industry, it's so small that it's like it's you need people that know who you are and who they who they are, and it's just making growing spider webs. That's one of um, Chris Ham's notorious sayings. Is like you want to continue building upon that, and you're only 21, so it's like you have a lot of opportunity growing. I've only been in the arch in this in this realm in this world since 2015. So it's like I've really it's like it's if you keep grinding and maintain that consistency, life. The work will pay, will pay off. So it's interesting you mentioned about building connections. Um, so I actually went into college as a pre-med student. Okay. And then I, my sophomore year, we helped run Texas Shootout and Olympic Trials, one of mm -hmm. the stages back-to-back. -back. Yeah. 
And I met the coordinator of the Texas shootout that was there from USA Archery. Okay. And I was like, I want her job. And that uh-huh. literally was the defining moment in me switching my major to like event management and hospitality mm-hmm. after meeting her. So nice. it, it's, it's impressive how like impactful something like this can be in your life. Like they say, the inspired inspire others and so that's what we're going for Haley thank you for all the information you I think this is going to be a great benefit and it's like uh, you'll have to give me some way to connect with you so this way that mm-hmm. this will be something that you can pe- relay people to as a good valuable asset because this ain't going anywhere yeah <laughs> thank you for having me today you're very very welcome I'll let you go because you need to get ready for your next event perfect thank you you're welcome